Boom, episode three of the FPL Draft Duo podcast. We are your hosts, Jaxie and Nolsey. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about in-depth strategy regarding picking your players in the draft. If you aren't familiar with the draft, go back and listen to episodes one and two, where we go into detail about what the draft actually is and essentially how to get this far. Now, Steve, I suppose we're going to start from the top and work our way through your first pick right up until your 15th pick and the highs and lows of in between and different pillars or strategies that we use in our game. They mightn't all be the same, we mightn't do the same things, but generally it is the same idea that we have and we're going to have these in place for you. So when it does come to the draft day and you're in the draft room, the chance of things going wrong are going to be minimized, ensuring that you do have a successful drafting season. So I suppose we'll go to the start, Steve. What happens? You get you get your first pick. What do you do? Easy pick Holland. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um if it was easy yeah, as that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, as Jaxie said, like everyone has their own technique and strategy. And I've seen people win a draft. I have I trying to think of people who won drafts. That haven't really <laughs> I've never had Holland. No, but I'm talking about people that just went in without a plan. I'm thinking of Mullen, another lad that we played with that picked a load of city players. He didn't do much work with the draft, but think came second or third. Yeah. If you pick good enough players, it could go well. But if you go by our strategy, it's going to be a lot. Yeah, as as you said, the chances are going to be minimized of going badly. The chances of going well are going to be maximized if you do these strategies. We believe. Yeah. They work well for us. And other players, uh, and I like, I'm trying to think of other players that have won, they've practically implemented these strategies. So, you get first pick. If you don't know how it's picked, go to episode two. We could do an in-depth um, understanding of the order of draft. Pick one. I think for pick one or round one, that it's a lot simpler than people make out. Sometimes the player's picked for you. There is probably a clear five or six players yeah you are at least top elite players think of the players that are most expensive in fantasy it's probably going to be similar enough yeah. talent Kane Salah KDB Bruno and possibly yeah. Rashford Saka this season possibly yeah. who are the big players for every team strikers Gabriel, top, Jesus, Jesus top strikers that might come into the league yeah. the first 12 players are going to be fairly standard so Happened me one season where I think I got third or fourth pick, and it was Sal- like Salah up until even last season was first pick without a doubt. Salah was the Haaland, so I think Haaland got picked, Kane got picked. It was practically picked for me. I had to pick Salah. Now it could go someone else and go a bit rogue, but your first pick, my recommendation is go for the best player available, regardless of position. We we'll talk about the importance of positions later on. My um, my two cents is best player. Or the player that you really want that you will think just simply will get the most points. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, it's it's basically picked for you as as you said. You can't go too far wrong with your first pick. Um, <laughs> you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like your KDBs will be picked. Your Salas will be picked. In my opinion, getting a striker in early is essential for having a successful draft. I. 
had I struggled last year's season when I took a while to pick a striker. I think I waited for even my second, my second or third pick to pick a striker, because if you think about it, in normal FPL, all the players have generally the same three or four strikers. But if you're in a draft and there's twelve of you in it, those players are already gone. So there's only three, four, three or four people within your draft room that are going to have the top strikers. So it's essential that you get someone in early, or else you'll be stuck with players that are rotation strikers. Yeah. So they're rarely going to score. They're going to play 30, 40 minutes. And the most important point about picking a striker is it follows the same formation as normal fantasy. So you have your two keepers, five defenders, five midfielders, three attackers. But you have to play a, tri- a striker every day. Yeah. So if you pick an average striker and then you have two strikers that are waiver picks who are not playing who you could let go next week and no one will pick them up and let's say your main striker gets injured well then you've no striker or you're playing you're playing someone that's not playing at all yeah. and you might have to trade a really good midfielder for an average striker just to have an extra player or you're playing with 10 people now I know you mentioned that the first pick can rarely go wrong but it can, if you go very rogue and you pick someone that will probably be there for the second round. So when we talk about first and second and third round, the valuation you put on a player is essential. Because if I'm picking that player first round, I'm thinking that it will not be there second round. Mm. If you think a player will definitely be there second round, leave them. But if you really want them, pick them. If you think they're going to score more points than any player that's available there, pick them. That's for first round. Second round and third round, we should definitely be aiming for a striker. Because yeah. think about how many... If you go back to the FPL app and look at transactions and see what strikers scored the top five points, well, that's only... And after that, they're going to be pretty shit. Yeah. Right? Or yeah, average enough. If them, if you're sixth pick and all them five strikers are gone, well, then you, you, you're forced to pick a striker. Yeah. Your striker could be first pick. Again, I wouldn't go too hectic if a Salah or someone, massive players there, don't think, oh, well, I need to have a play in striker. Yeah. So maybe striker would be very, very early on in your, in your thoughts. Second or third pick, if there's a good one there. Yeah. <clears throat> don't pick, don't go picking. Um, again, we mentioned Wilson in episode two. Don't go just picking a Wilson just because you think you have to if there's a very, very, very good midfielder there. Yeah, Wilson might be as beneficial in the long run, but again, I'd be kind of be looking, be looking in depth at what strikers might be available late on. Because once the, the main strikers are gone, so we just put it in your head, the first top 10, 15 good players are picked, mm-hmm. and then you're maybe another 10 picks and another good few strikers are gone. Well, don't worry too much. If there's a striker that's shit there, We'll leave him there. Yeah. And have another striker in your head that you might be able to pick up at really any stage, a promoted striker or something like that. Some strikers might go under the radar and they might be there for the second or the third pick availability for yourself because they're playing for a team that might be in the lower half of the table. So I know Mitrovic, he was quite highly... That's right, actually. Quite picked, he was picked early on. So if you don't have a striker, maybe you could look at teams that's just promoted or a team that might be in the lower half of the season because they will have a striker there that plays all 90 that minutes that plays all 90 minutes and that's your two points yeah. so that's kind of your, your player covered for your 11th player and so then someone has to score from that team yeah so for example towards the end of the season I only for yeah, Forest exactly 
he went off toward the end of he the would season. have been a waiver pick for a majority of the year and yeah. when we talk about waiver picks we're talking about players that are not picked up initially in the draft so after all 10 or 12 of us have paid, picked our 15 players well that's not every player in the league the rest of the players are on a thing called a waiver talk about maybe a waiver later on in more detail we're talking about the draft picking now so back to let's say third fourth fifth round for me personally this is the kind of maybe first five or six picks that i'd pick in order of positions i would initially pick whatever best player is there i'm going to take myself as a sixth pick for for reference and i pick uh, a rashford or a bruno or whoever i would definitely be looking towards a striker depending on what striker is there if i have when i pick up a one good striker it takes the pressure off because mm. well you can play that one striker and you maybe get your other shit striker you're probably going to have one non-playing striker in your bench so when you get that initial striker it takes the pressure off yeah then you can look back to the players you really want yeah so i'd probably go back for a midfielder and if they're still there a really good midfielder so I'd probably go top player striker again if there's another good striker there maybe there or a midfielder i'm trying to get maybe three or four attacking players in early because they are picked relatively early yeah definitely once i 100 agree with you there once that's done i would look to get a defender then after that but i wouldn't worry too much about filling up your five defenders having one or two defenders after your third or fourth pick is all that you would need so the likes of trippier um, and trent they could be picked up very early on so if these guys are gone, you will have to be quite tactical when it comes to your defender pick. So I've been in drafts before where Trent has been a first round pick. Within the first 12 picks, Trent has been picked because, well, he has defender points. He has attack and return possibilities. He's bonus points. And so people value him. Uh, and let's say he gets an average seven points a game, which for at one stage over 10 games wasn't crazy. Yeah. Look better than any striker, better than any midfielder. So, yeah. Again, um, I would have be looking to have one premium defender. If you could get your hands on a really good midfielder, because a lot of the good picks of midfielders are, are Haaland or Kane. Once you get a Haaland or Kane, your strikers are sorted. I'd look for a premium midfielder and a premium defender. I want one of each category, preferably, if you could. Yeah, that's hard come by. Yeah, if you can't get one of each, you're fairly on the pig's back, but. It rarely happens. When it comes to yeah, picking a defender, you said, going off, not off topic, but right. looking at defenders, you want to be looking at a defender that could be on free kicks, could be on uh, corner kicks, yeah, set mm. pieces. These defenders have a higher possibility of maybe getting an assist for you. As well as a wing back. So if you're looking at like, I don't know, last season Perisic was a big pick. And I don't think I, I had him in even in normal fantasy at any stage. But... He had high potential for a return. I fully expect Trippier to go first round in most drafts if he can do the same form as last season because I think he'll be a lot more expensive in normal fantasy but because it's draft, he'll go first or second round without a shadow of a doubt. If you think Newcastle are going to be as good defensively, well, we know he's on free kicks. We know he's on corners and we know he's a bonus point fiend. So Trippier in the draft is as good as any other player yeah yeah he, a- after a first pick he could be a second pick now i'm not saying that this is going to do the exact same thing but like i'd be very very happy with my defense as long as i have trippery in, trippery in the rest will practically sort itself out i think 
Yeah. If you have, if you're eight, nine to pick and all the premiums, most of the premiums are gone. Looking at the defender would be a good option, uh, particularly Trippier. I could even see a Stupinan being picked quite early on, just based on based on the end of the season. Yeah, see, this is where we a lot of tactics come in. I wouldn't pick a Stupinan, or I would be very weary about just going on the back of last season because the Stupinan doesn't have um, any set pieces. Now he does get very very far forward, but we haven't seen Brighton this season. Yeah. So they could change from it. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. Guaranteed Trippier is going to be on free kicks and um, corners. Guaranteed Trent even could be in midfield. So there's maybe yeah. three or four. Robinson is most assist of any Premier League defender. He's up there. Robbo is like um, a Trent in the draft. Yeah. So there's maybe four really, really premium defenders that are as good as any midfielder and any striker in the draft that if you can get your hands on them, you're away with it. Trent could even be in midfield. He's hardly going to be repositioned, but he's, he could be in midfield this year. Who else is uh, one of those that's wing-backs? Um, Pedro Porro for Spurs could be a midfielder this season. Could he? Um, with the new formation from Ange, the new Spurs coach. He doesn't play five at the back. Apparently he plays 4-4-2. Four, four, I, I don't know what he plays, but it's not five at the back. So there was talks, saying, to look that for. He, there was talks pay, saying that he could be a midfielder this season. Uh, in fantasy? Or as a midfielder in... in in reality. In reality. Right. Okay. So, yeah. So in Players like that. Yeah. We're, we're, one of them premium defenders um, is, mm, I was going to say essential, but very, very important to having a good draft. So, good first pick, possibly a striker, and then looking for a premium defender. Because they, you think that them defenders will be there, and they're gone. By the time it gets to fourth pick, yeah. Trippier, Trent, all them are well gone. Yeah. So, if you can get them early, good. If not... So if you're looking at defender, 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 and then you don't get it, maybe come back and if there's midfielders still there, pick them. Yeah, because what we'll talk about later on is fixtures are so important when you're picking defenders. Clean sheet points for normal fantasy, you know yourself, clean sheet points are so important. So that's why picking, looking at fixtures when it comes to picking your defenders is going to be so important. So that's why I wouldn't worry too much if you don't get your desired defenders yeah. there and then because there is a possibility to make up points later on yeah but I, I would still I would still like to pick up one defender doesn't matter who as long as they're always starting from one of the big teams that you think are going to be good defensively so Trippier for Newcastle a Trent for Liverpool um, whoever you think is going to play for City so I don't like going with City players at all ever in draft or normally um, so yeah. if you think um, not Chelsea possibly you don't know until they start playing but you want to get one player as a defender from one of the big teams the reason why you don't want too many of these and this goes the exact same from a fielder is because you're rarely going to put them on the bench so you then players that you pick from the big teams are just a stalwart in your team because you're probably not going to have the best bench therefore when you pick them that's it you don't want four Let's say you got four Arsenal defenders, okay? And you had to play them every week. That might be detrimental to you because they play City one week. You've no one with a... Po- okay, they might keep a clean sheet, but you've no one with a high chance of keeping a clean sheet. What I like to do, and one of the main tactics I think is very, very important in the draft, is rotation of defenders. One or two premium defenders that you might be able to trade with someone else that they're good or just stay in your team. 
other two that you might start or three I would look to the first five pick fixtures of the, of the season ones that might get even the first three that might get clean sheets in the first three games because then you get off to a good start and what you, what you can do then with the bad fixtures put them on the waiver there's always going to be one team with good fixtures that week or two weeks in a row Therefore, you can be aiming to always rotate your defenders. When you have five good defenders and you see um, United are playing Forest and Forest are not scoring at all and United are going to good defensively and Wan-Bissaka or Dallow are available and you think they're going to play it and you can get them in the waiver. Well then, that's like a six-pointer player there. Mm. But you're stuck with a Gabriel who's playing um, Liverpool next week and you can't put him on your bench because your bench defender doesn't, doesn't play so defenders maybe go for two possibly three and they always have two that you like to rotate but that's my that's my um tactics yeah. sometimes i've gone overboard <laughs> to the end of last season i wasn't doing great so i said fuck it palace have great fixtures and i think at one stage i had four palace defenders yeah. just throwing everything at it that if they get a clean sheet well i'm probably going to win the, the game week because them four players have all got clean sheets now I don't think they got any clean sheets in the last like five games. But it's a tactic. If you double yeah. up on a, a poorer team that might have a chance of uh, 40% chance of a clean sheet, well, what strikers have a 40% chance of scoring a goal? Very little. Yeah. So I suppose that's one way to do it is throwing the kitchen sink at it just to get a win. And that's probably a strategy you'd use down the line. Yeah. But as we've mentioned here, the strategies that we're implementing from the very first draft pick this is going to ensure it, it is a safe yes because have to it's be. going to ensure that you have the right number of the decent how will I rephrase this this the is going to ensure yeah you're going to have your points spread out across it across your team so you have a cushion there let's say if you know you're going to get points from your defence or you know you're going to get points from midfield or up front and also, it allows you to have cushion to have players transferred in each week as well. Yeah, and and you can rotate and, and, and transfer players out. If you have a defender that you might be able to want to transfer out for another player, it's always beneficial. Mm -hmm. If you have an injury, you yeah. want to put all your eggs in one basket. So I suppose we'll just take it back a little bit now for a second. Let's say we're on pick, pick four, three, four, five. I'd say pick five. Okay. Five, six. So yeah, we have we, our, we already have we have a striker. Yeah. We have two midfielders. We have a defender. A defender. So that's four. What happens? Will you be picking your goalie on your fifth pick? Is this is this the time to look at a keeper? It's funny, because keepers are like a domino effect. Because keepers mightn't be thought of for ages, but when we think of it, keeper is another defender. Mm. If you pick Ederson, oh he's a goalkeeper, whatever. He could be, he's probably the most nailed down for City. Although, when I got him at the end of last season, he played the least amount of minutes out of any City over there. Anyways, Ederson is a, is a fifth City defender that's probably more nailed down than any other one. Mm. And he faces very little shots. So it's just a, a consistent six points. So, usually when the first goalkeeper goes, people get onto it and say, oh, I'll pick a goalkeeper, I'll pick a goalkeeper. Um... One tactic I like as a goalkeeper, as a, as, a, as a manager, is picking two goalkeepers and rotating them and maybe eyeing up fixtures. That is good and bad in a way because it's very hard to predict it. And then you mm -hmm. always have to make that decision. If you pick a good goalkeeper like Ederson, again, 
he's there for the season and you leave him. Yeah. Now he will go very early as well because he's one of them big defenders. If you don't get one of them big defenders, maybe look to an Ederson and that's him that's him sorted. And yeah. you can get maybe a um like other defenders that would be available, Gabriel or a Dunk or a maybe a Stupinan would be gone early. But these standard defenders that would play for a decent side that would play every week that will always be there later on in the draft. Whereas Ederson might go very quick. He could go quicker than a lot of City defenders because name the City back four next season. I, I couldn't tell you, even though he stuck with the same a lot to the end of the last season. And with like with, with the goalkeepers, there's 20, 20 goalkeepers, maybe 40 yeah. goalkeepers, and there's going to be 24 picks. So there's there a lot is, of selection. There is a lot of cushion there yeah. to, pick, to pick a goalkeeper. So if you don't miss out on the premium keepers, Relax. Relax a bit. Yeah. Um, and maybe see if there's other premium players that you can get throughout your throughout your team. Because we've seen a lot last year. I know this didn't happen until later on the season, but like Sanchez playing very well, then he was dropped. Yeah. Dean Henderson, he gets injured. So he's out of the, he's out of the equation. So I wouldn't be too worried about the goalkeeper straight away because you can look at fixtures again. Yeah. And in the, funny enough, uh, keeper is one player that you can pick up randomly on the waiver. Yeah. Like you said, Sanchez getting injured or getting dropped. And if you know this, preemptively you can put them down as a waiver and get a goalkeeper. Goalkeeper is not totally essential, but always a boost if you get a premium one. But if you don't get like Allison or Edison, um, possibly De Gea and so on yeah. and so forth. They're like the likes of Pickford and all them, they're going to be there. You're going to get a starting goalkeeper, it's guaranteed. Yeah. I suppose, looking at David Rea last year, was he in the picture he, he at the, all? Yeah, he was one of the highest scoring keepers, man. Beforehand? Oh, beforehand? Yeah, so if, you, if you're looking at... See, that's like, what I mean. 22, 23. You wouldn't have been looking at David Rea. No, no, but you could have picked him up randomly. Ah, oh, Rea's there, I'll pick him. And he could have been a massive pick for you. Yeah. But you wouldn't you didn't sacrifice an earlier pick for him. Yeah. So unless you get one of the big keepers, relax, relax. and come back to it. Yeah, take it easy. Take it breezy. Now, when you come to the end of, let's say, picking your three or four or five midfielders, I personally intend to go for a couple of good midfielders initially and then leave one space free, or even possibly two. Now, sometimes it might, might be the, by default player gets injured. It's kind of like the defenders. You can swap them around. Strikers, you cannot pick up on the waiver, essentially. They're not there. And if they are playing, they're picked up straight away. Yeah. Midfielders, there's so many of them. And you can target fixtures that if you have one rotating midfielder, you can pick out who has the good fixture this week and get him in for one week and drop them, drop them out and chop and change. doesn't really matter. One problem I had in a particular draft last season was I had five good midfielders and I never wanted to drop them. Like Ward Prowse was there all season and I'm like, oh, well, I can't drop him because, well, he might score a free kick. Yeah. But he didn't. He went two pointers, two pointers, two pointers, two pointers. And those players that I was looking at on the waiver being like, oh, well, I pick up Buendia this week as, just to see because he's playing Forest again. I think it's some trash and even though it's all right. <laughs> Will I pick him up? just for this week and he might get an assist or a goal and I'm thinking yeah. well I stuck at Ward Prowse because I was afraid to lose him and that's what makes the draft a little bit more exciting as well if you have that cushion of two midfielders free you can you'll be keeping an eye on the waiver a week in week out and you'll be like okay I might bring this player in this week this player this week and if he goes off if he looks great 
You're like, yes, I went for that pick. I went, my God, I picked this player when nobody else was really looking at him. But if you if you double up on your midfielders at, at the very beginning, you can get, it's what I suppose, some cost fallacy. You can get a tie to a player, even though he mightn't be doing well. You might be like, oh no, but he might do well down the line. Oh, it's nothing worse. Holding on. Holding on to a player. I think, was it Almiron? I had, he was going off in fairness. And then? But then trickled off, died off, and then I was holding on to him. I was like, oh. If I, I had the same with Rodrigo, man. Yeah. Rodrigo came back from injury and he was banging the first half of the season and I was like oh he might go off again and it was just benching after one pointer after one pointer and these players I'm looking at the waiver coming and going and getting points I'm like damn it another point is it's kind of after the draft but if a player is injured how long do you keep him on your bench for yeah. so on and so forth but that's again that's after we complete the draft so I like to personally have a rotating midfielder so that um, I have the opportunity to pick up some players that either hit form, start yeah. coming into a team, or coming back from injury. That's kind of a good point as well to transition into recently signed players. They are kind of an enigma because we don't know what they're going to be like. Okay. They could go a bit higher in the draft rank than they should. So don't get kind of starry-eyed by players that come into the league that you think, oh, they're going to be class. I like to I like to kind of go with trusted players that know the league, they're going to do well. You might get a gym, right? Yeah. But there's a possibility that he might he might flop. It could be a bit of a trap. I picked Mudrick mm-hmm. uh, when he immediately came into the Premier League and everyone knows what happened with Mudrick, so I probably pronounced his name completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I would definitely go with players that... Yeah, know the Premier League. Know the Premier League that have done consist well consistently. Yeah. So Yeah, I know again I went with Bowen last season at the start of last season and he did nothing. So don't just go hundred percent as we said off last season's form. Have a look at pre preseason. Um Ben Rama at the start of last season, um Joe and had him in and I was like, Yeah, he must know something. Like he must be going well and and he scored like two goals in the first game or something like that. So have a look at preseason and what players are going well and what who's going to start. Because you might get a little gem there, like as a fourth midfielder, someone that um, won't be picked up, but you think is going to have a good season. We talked about it in episode two, about having your differentials picked out and players you have a little eye on that you might think do well or have an affiliation for, have done well for you before, yeah. that you want to pick up. Um, that you think might be there or if you think they're going to do really well pick them up a small bit sooner to ensure you have them we haven't really talked about the emotion of the draft this episode the last episode we talked about how entertaining it was we're talking about strict strategy and being as calm as possible it's anything but calm yeah. it is anything but calm because everything changes everything changes yeah. so we're, this is why we're trying to give you a general idea of a midfielder or a striker we're not saying pick Harry Kane because Harry Kane will probably be gone Almiron or whoever the feck you think is going to do well is gone so p- use this as a template as we said there's pillars to do well quality player striker premium defender then you can kind of do whatever you want after that you can go keeper you can go midfielders I like to have a few rotating defenders I like to have at least one rotating midfielder do your do your bit of research as well I know I slag Stevie about having a notepad but things you can take note of is Who's on set pieces for a team? Even look at the lower end of the table. These lads are going to be crucial. Who are the strikers? Who came up from maybe championship? Who are the top scorers and certain teams? 
a lot of these players will be overlooked as well. So when it comes to the draft and the players that you want have been already picked by someone or the top players have already picked, look at these differentials because every point is going to be crucial. If you get a point from uh, a set piece, that's going to be massive. So average, average wins or average points in a draft is in and around 50 points. But you can win a draft on 30 points. You, I've even won drafts on maybe 28 points because you just have to beat the player you're playing against. So every point is crucial. Now, I mentioned people getting clean sheets or people with um, people on set pieces. But lads on three pointers is going to be crucial for you winning week in, week out. Now, who's going to be getting three pointers? Maybe a midfielder that it mightn't be scoring week in, week out. But if you play in 90 minutes. And his team getting a clean sheet? His team getting the clean sheet. I, I roasted Jaxie. If we had the voice note that I said to Jaxie about picking Rodri, I'm like, do you know how this game works, Jaxie? This was his first one. Rodri is a defensive midfielder. Like You don't pick defensive midfielders. You try and go for attackers. The amount of points that Rodri got you... Yeah. Ooh, he scored like this season was ridiculous in terms of scoring yeah. for a defensive midfielder but the three pointers I think people that are going to play are going to be surprised by the amount of games that are won and lost by a three pointer or a yellow card I remember watching a game and I was like I need this particular player to get a yellow card or the other team to score to take away his bonus or not bonus point his clean sheet point as a midfielder to win the game bonus points will win games tiny little changes will win games so if you pick a Rodri and he's getting you three points every game as a, just a, a standalone midfielder there that you don't expect much from but you know he's going to get three points I was going to say Hyber but he's a whore for a yellow card yeah if you get a, a, a player that you know is a three pointer that's going to play every day that won't take up a premium spot keep him he, yeah. he's going to be extremely valuable for you. he'll be a stalwart for you if you have a team of players that are playing 30 minutes but you think they're a really good pick 30 minutes or getting a yellow card a zero pointer Lucas Digney like you think he's going to get a clean sheet he gets a yellow card he gets taken off Villa Dupe whatever you're going to be losing games you're going to be down straight away to nine men because you get two zero pointers when you get a zero pointer for a player you're already up against it let's say I'm playing Jaxie one week and in the first three games I have five players playing and I get a return and like two or three points each from the rest of them. I'm in a great position there. Yeah. You're, you're up against, you've, as Gaffer always says, you'd rather be looking at them than looking for them. So if you are looking at points, you are in an extremely good position. If you have, after the first day, like 25 points and you have a couple of players to play, you're in a good position. If you have your good players to play, but your players have got two zeros and a one and a two, you're up against it. You're looking, you're chasing, you ha your players have to score. You've got a couple of one or two clean sheets and two or three pointers. You're in a great, great position. You still might lose, but your player has to pull it out of the bag. Your your opponent, sorry, has to pull it out of the bag. You talked about the tail end of the draft, Jaxie. Do you have any pointers? I have one or two myself. Towards the tail end of the draft. So I suppose at this stage, what I would be doing personally is looking at the first couple of fixtures um, of the season. So the first maybe one to even one to three four fixtures um, of the season, 
And at this stage, mostly your midfielders would be gone and you'd be looking at filling your third striker, last two defenders, maybe a goalkeeper. Um, looking at the easy fixtures is what I think would be number one. Uh, when it comes to a striker as well. Promoted striker? striker. Promo a promoted striker would be a good call or else it wouldn't be the worst thing to do is playing a striker that's like the second second string striker on the off chance that player gets injured the main player gets injured it could be nice good to have yeah if he's rotation and scores a few goals if like he's rotation like but if like there's the no Alvarez, but Alvarez would be gone. yeah the likes of when you're talking about a player there comes to mind like I don't know if they're not even in the league anymore but like Inacho like was always yeah. behind Verdi, but when he natural goes off, he's like one of the best picks in like a three week stint. For some reason, he scores like two hat tricks. Yeah. So a player like that maybe is a third striker that you think, well, there's no one else to pick. But I suppose realistically, the last two defenders, your third striker, maybe your your fifth midfielder, these are going to be waiver waiver players each week. You're going to be looking at the fixtures week in, week out, and these these are going to be interchanging. Hundred percent. So you can see you can still pick up a better defenders than you think for four, five, but again, don't pick up too good defenders because you won't. You'll be reluctant to get rid for a gay who's playing Forest, yeah. <laughs> uh, Forest at home, and you don't want to get rid of him for one week. And like again, I'll just use Lewis Dunk as an example. Lewis Dunk. Is probably a defender that you're not going to put on the waiver. He's going to no. be a stalwart. Yeah. He won't once he's on the waiver. So this is a good indication of whether he's a waiver player or not. How long he stays on it. So if you leave off Dunk and he gets picked up straight away, well, you probably won't get him again. So this is why you should be reluctant to pick very good players as like fourth and fifth. Might be a bad, might be a bad bit of advice. Like if they're good players, go pick them. But in terms of long term. We're giving you just pillars and things to go by. You might think, oh, I could have picked whoever, and these boys told me to pick a defender. Wait till the end of the season. Wait to see how it works out in the long term. Because yeah. if you're going with four dodgy defenders every week and getting no clean sheet, getting clean sheets or had no trading value, mm. you're probably going to be up against it. It's, yeah. it's, I've seen people do very well in the draft by having the same team the mm. whole way through. Or very rarely changing but I've never seen someone win a draft exactly. by having the same team exactly you're going to have to change you're, you're going to have to do a small bit of management I've seen people go far we talked about Mullen he, he didn't change his team he just left it and he'd get wins after wins because he'd talent but he wouldn't win it because we were managing it we were actually in depth we were thinking how can I get the edge over him when I'm playing him he's a couple of injured defenders that he's not changing we're going to have two more players in him from the get go so we're always going to be in the driving seat. So you have to you have to manage it. Now, when we come to the end of the picks, I don't like to preempt trades because it is very hard to get trades over the line. Yeah. We'll talk about episode four about waivers, transfers, and trades. Now, if you find someone there that maybe you don't really want to, but you think he shouldn't be there, that someone might want him. If you, is it okay? I know this is a bad example, but an Eze is there, and you think, oh, I don't think he'll play for Palace or whatever reason. This is obviously going to be a different player. He's going to be in integral, yeah, integral, integral. To, yeah, <laughs> to Palace this season. But you think someone else might want him? 
you know, yeah. or, or, or someone that's not playing, and you think, well, I don't think um, uh, Ox has left Liverpool. Why am I thinking of oh, particular players that aren't even in the league all the time? Who's like a rotation player for a big team that you think might get in there? That you think, well, um, I don't, I don't rate him, but if he starts playing, someone will want him. You can use Garnacho could. Garnacho is a great example. Yeah. Garnacho is like probably won't be picked because he'll be rotation, but. If he's your fifth pick, you're like, well, someone he like he might get in, in a couple of weeks' time. Someone might want him. Yeah, he's too good to have the waiver. Not a bad pick. Now you could let him off the next week. You realize he's not. He didn't play zero minutes, but yeah, yeah, yeah you know, after two weeks, he plays a couple of minutes, and people say, "Geez, I want Garnacho." You can use these last couple of picks as kind of trade, little trade value, yeah. little barter, bargaining chips, bargaining yeah. chips, little players with bargaining chips. So, in general. Kind of broke down the, the pillars that you should use to get a very consistent draft that you're going to have a good season with. You're going to be up there if you have this kind of template. And I don't like using the word template because in the draft there's no template in terms of who you pick, but in terms of how you pick them and when you pick them, there is a, there is a bit of a tactic. Now we've been playing a couple of years. That's a tactic that we have found. Maybe ye come and ye pick four top quality defenders and a top quality striker yeah. and rotate the midfielders and you think that works for you if you do let us know we're here to try and get the best yeah. we'll tactical compile, yeah, we'll compile all the feedback that we yeah. get um, yeah, take everything on board because I suppose there's no one one size fits all 100% but from our experience this is what has worked yeah. for us um, we played numerous numerous drafts like I played three drafts four drafts last year I played yeah. like yeah we played a good few okay we played uh, Every year we're on four, maybe three, four, five drafts every year between us. Yeah. Or together each, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So that's like for two years, that many drafts. So we have good experience and we see that that usually wins. The manager that usually wins is the manager that's keeping on track. Because keeping on, on track of who's going to play, who's on the waiver. If you pick up a player that is on the waiver that is going to be a very good player for the next two or three weeks, well, it's like a free transfer in normal fantasy. You're going to get an extra good player on top or in front of someone else so being very weary of who's on the waiver which we'll talk about in episode four but for our strategy this is kind of what we'd we'd recommend now this this is a strategy these are pillars that are there when it comes to the draft room as i mentioned at the start or could have been in episode episode two yeah your heart's going to be racing like 90 there's going to be a hundred things going on in your head but and it's going to be a bit of crack. Oh yeah, it's you're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, you're going to have a great laugh. But you obviously want to beat your mates. You're not like you are there to have fun. But you're there to win as well. Winning, <laughs> winning is fun as well. Nah, I've never had fun coming second in a draft. <laughs> nah, we're not here to come second. We're yeah. here to get you W's. <laughs> yeah, keeping away from the forfeits. That's maybe sometimes that's what you have to do. Yeah. But like. You're out. You're in it to win it. Okay, we're not here. To, uh, I had a. The draft is enjoyable. The whole season is enjoyable. What's more enjoyable? Winning. Winning the damn thing. You know yeah. the feeling, Jackson. Yeah. yeah. I, I I won money from the draft. I don't care. But I won money from the draft in last season. The money didn't matter to me. I did. I didn't give <laughs> big dick over here. Huh? Money. <laughs> money only paper. Yeah. Money, yeah, money, money didn't matter a fuck. It was me beating all the lads. Oh, and it's and it's you as a manager, and this is the key part about the draft. You've decided Wendy is going to do well this week, not Twitter, and 
you're the only person in the whole league that can have him. So he goes on, Bundia scores a hat-trick. Probably not likely. No. Bundia scores a hat-trick. Who had, who, who is it, Bundia? That's the best part. Yeah. Bundia scores after five minutes and then scores again after 20 minutes and then gets a hat-trick in the first half. You're on fantasy and you're thinking, who has Bundia? Jackson picked him up this week in the way of the bollocks. Yeah. And, and it. it's like, shit, he, he's, on, he's on form. He's on the ball, yeah. Well, what did he see that what we? Did he do? <laughs> what did he see that we didn't see? Yeah, and it's those waiver picks, those last couple of picks on your team, on your draft team. They might make the difference. They might make they might make all the difference, and it's what brings excitement. It's the waiver picks week in week out. They're the ones when they go off. They're the ones that make it enjoyable. Yeah, and and we'll discuss about what a waiver is and exactly how it works in the next episode. We'll also discuss about trades and how you can use trades to your advantage and maybe give a couple of stories of how we use trades for us and against us, how I've, I've literally lost a draft based on a trade I've made. I nearly lost a draft based on one of my trades. So that's going to be in episode four. Episode three, use these pillars to have a good base for your season. They always say, you'll never win fantasy in the first couple of weeks, but you can always lose it. Jackson knows you out. <laughs> Gucci. <laughs>